0: Well, Razorback fans, a question that I have been asked multiple times. What went wrong with the Razorback football team? Why'd they go 6-6? and We'll try to make some explanations out of everything, as well as give you an update on portal season, as well as an additional player leaving for the NFL draft and why all of you, all of us, need to keep the faith. It's all coming up on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks Podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 the Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by Sling TV here on the Locked On Razorbacks Podcast. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Razorbacks and San Jose State coming up. This weekend in Razorback Basketball right here on Sling TV. The TV you love for a price you love. Try it out today with Sling TV. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. Got to explain something though real quick. Never mind the graphics that are here on the YouTube page. I know they're from yesterday. But the software or at least the uh, graphic design that I use for the podcast for whatever reason is down today. I've been having issues with it the past couple of days. So it's down. So I'm having to use the ones from yesterday. So just ignore it. Those aren't going to be fully the topics that we'll talk about, but it's just kind of sometimes how it goes with technology. So I wanted to get that uh, out of the way and really clear. But either way, there was, last night at least, uh, a question that was posed to me. And it's been a question that's been posed to me many times just over the past few days. And I was actually out on a double date, if you will. And there was a guy that uh, was there who actually listens to the podcast. So shout out to you, Dustin. Appreciate you listening in. And he kind of just posed it in a very succinct and direct way of saying, hey, what happened? <laughs> like nothing specific, nothing as far as, uh, okay, how, well, you know, what's what's this player And they Just simply what happened? And, you know, I started thinking about that question and how it can be used pretty much in any regard at the end of the season. It's almost like a recap, which we'll do a full recap once Arkansas goes to a bowl game, performs in that bowl game. We'll go through an entire recap of the season because there's just so much right now that's uncertain, whether it's uh, players moving or staying or coaches or whatever it is, which I know we'll talk about a little bit. But I want to save the full-fledged recap and grades and all that stuff once the – Bowl season finally comes to an end for Arkansas, and we can move on into spring practice. But as far as what happened, I look back on this season, and honestly, folks, maybe some of you can come up with a- another season that was similar to it, but it's hard to imagine a more roller coaster type of year for Razorback football than what we experienced this year, where It got great, it got bad, it got good, it got worse. It got nice, it got sour. It it was just all over the place. And honestly, it reminded me a little bit of a Houston nut type season where you start off strong, things are going really good, but then you lose some games you're not supposed to. Then you win some games to give you a little bit more hope. And then you just fall flat on your face at the end of the year and you don't really know what to make of it. Because I mean, look at this. Arkansas won three, lost three. One two, lost two. One one, lost one. I mean, you're talking about up and down all around. Arkansas got as high as, I believe, number eight in the country once they took on Texas A&M. And it just, it, it was one of the weirdest things you'll ever see. And so it reminded me kind of that Houston nut type vibe of a season where you underachieved. I think that there's no other way to put it for Arkansas. You underachieved. You finished fifth in the SEC West. You should have been no worse than third, in my opinion, this year. And that's what happened. That's how the season comes to an end for Arkansas. So what happened? How did this happen? What went on? Now, it would take probably multiple podcasts to try to explain and make sense, logical sense at least, out of this whole thing for Arkansas this year. It would take a long time. But when it's just simply posed in the question of, you know, an overall general synopsis of what happened this season, I have theories behind it. I have ideas of, you know, kind of what went wrong, why it went wrong, and maybe how it can be fixed. And the thing that you have to look at most importantly, and I think first and foremost of what happened in this season, is that Arkansas was unable to win close games. The only game that they won this year that you would say it was close was the very first game of the year against Cincinnati where they won 31 to 24. That was a close game. They won it. Cincinnati was a really good team. It was a hard fought battle, but Arkansas took care of business. All right. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. But besides that, no other close game, or at least a game that ended in one possession when Arkansas's way. Now, it's something we discussed when I believe it was about decision-making and play-making of why Arkansas didn't win those games. But it's really brutal to kind of think about just the slim margin, the paper, razor-thin margin that you can have in a difference of being a great season and being a bad season, or at least an average season. Arkansas, if they win those close games, they're 10-2. and two. Like, just imagine how everyone would feel right now, how you would feel right now if Arkansas was 10 and 2. And that would put you at second in the West, at least. Alabama would have won the West. So they probably would have liked the fact that you would have gone six and two instead in the conference. But think about that, too. You would have gone six and two. The last time you went six and two and won 10 games was in 2011. So you're that close to doing that. But because you didn't, the entire mentality vibe mood everything is just it's terrible and so when you lose those close games it kind of puts you in a position to where you try to balance out of okay this is bad this is needs to be fixed should never happen again I'm mad I'm frustrated but then on the other side of it too you're like well we were close and close doesn't cut it but we were close we weren't getting embarrassed. We weren't getting humiliated. We were in every game for the most part, but we just couldn't find a way to push ourselves over the edge. So it's almost like a glass half full, glass half empty mentality of way to look at it. But when you have a team that has as much talent as what Arkansas had this year, you have a team that felt like they had all the pieces and all the tools to be a better team than what we saw last year. When you have all those things, It's a matter of, okay, well, the talent was there. The injuries didn't help, but you felt like you were in good enough position to win most of these games. So what went on? What what, what ended up happening? And it's like you point to every one of those games, folks. Like, let's look at it. You point to every one of those close games. Forget Alabama. That game, Arkansas was going to have to play their A-plus game to win that one, and they didn't. So throw that one out. And I'm even going to throw out the Mississippi State game because K.J. Jefferson didn't play. Arkansas had two chances in the red zone, close in the red zone to score touchdowns, and they didn't. It ended up being 40-17. to 17. Should have been a lot closer to what it was. But either way, um, I'm throwing those games out. Those are not the ones I want to look at. I want to look at the four games that Arkansas lost by three points or less. And you can always point to one particular thing, one particular reason why that happened. For instance, Texas A&M. Good grief. I hate that game. It makes me sick to my stomach that I have to bring it up again. But what went wrong in it? Well, there's a couple of things and a few things. It's a, it's like, it's hard not to just, it, I'm, let me rephrase it. It's hard to just point to one thing and say, that's the reason why they lost. Because again, a game is 60 minutes. There's a lot of things that happen, but there's one thing you could point to to kind of say like, hey, this is what really, what you'll think about in this game of the reason they lost. And a is the most sickening one of them all. KJ okay, Jefferson diving from the goal line, for not even the goal line, from like the five yard line, six yard line, fumbling the ball, and then returning it for a touchdown. That was the difference in the game. If K.J. Jefferson doesn't do that. If Arkansas ends up punching it in and scoring a touchdown, they get up 21 to nothing, and A&M does not come back. Arkansas wins that game, pure and simple. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what arguments you make. That's a fact. K.J. Jefferson gets that ball into the end zone instead of fumbling it and being the worst type of play you ever see. Arkansas beats Texas A&M. That's why they lost. Liberty, the other game. They lost by two points in this one. Why'd they lose? Well, you didn't have a healthy KJ Jefferson. The KJ played, and KJ almost brought Arkansas back to win. They needed, they almost got the two point conversion to tie it, got really close, but they lost because KJ Jefferson was not healthy enough to be able to hold this game. Because if you held Liberty to twenty one points, you you should win that game every time. Liberty is a good team, was a good team this year. Hugh Freeze mailed it in because he took the job at Auburn, but at that point in time, Hugh Freeze, Liberty, really good team. You hold them to 21 points, you should win that game every time. In fact, I think that if you hold any team to 21 points at Arkansas, you should win that game every time. My personal opinion. Healthy KJ makes a difference. LSU, 13-10. You lose by three points. Have KJ Jefferson healthy in that game instead of Malik Hornsby and and Kate Fort and all that, you win that game. Defense did a phenomenal job. LSU did not bring it in that game. Arkansas wanted it a lot more, but they couldn't finish. You lost that game. And again, I'm not taking anything away from these teams that Arkansas lost to. You got to give them credit because they won. But that's the reason why Arkansas lost that game, not a healthy K.J. Jefferson. And then finally, Missouri lost by two points. Um, There's a lot of reasons you lost lost that game, but not being able to convert on the goal line, not being able to have any sort of offensive prowess in the second half, being able to convert when you're first and two from, because I believe if it's first and two or first and goal from the two-yard line, you punch in for a touchdown instead of a field goal, you win that game. To me, that drive, that play right there was the difference. So, you're talking about that type of deal where just one of these plays or one of these sequences or one of these players that play and that are healthy make all the difference in the world. That's why it happened. And that's what it all went, and that's where it all went wrong. Now, coaches have a lot to be blamed for that. Players have a lot to be blamed for that, you know, because it's like, People bring up Kendall Bryles and we've, we've talked about it. Yeah. There's issues there, but you know, like AM a was like, that's KJ. My like KJ shouldn't like, it's not like Kendall Bryles and everyone coached him up to die from the five yard line. That was a mistake by KJ. You know, like, so it, it's a, it's a group effort. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a group thing where it's not always just one coach or one particular play or anything like that. You got to look at it in, through that lens. But when you have, Those types of things happening going against you, it's easy to look back on this season, really. When they have a small margin of loss like that, a small margin of defeat, it's really easy to look back and say, okay, well, this play happens and things get different. That's the thing for Arkansas. But that's the problem. That's the problem. You lost close games. You had bad starts to games. You got down early. You couldn't find any sort of consistency. One week, you'd look like all-world top 25, top 15 team. The next week, you look like a pedestrian Vanderbilt-level type of team. You just couldn't find the consistency, couldn't get it figured out. And so that's what happened to me. That's what I think happened, is you just didn't find the consistency. You didn't make those one little plays that would have made the difference, and you didn't have a healthy quarterback at times. Healthy QB one. So that's it. It sucks. It really does, and I hated to bring it up this way, but I just thought from last night, kind of got inspired by that, and so many people have asked the same thing when I've run into them. Like, what happened? Man, I'll tell you what happened. The Arkansas Razorbacks happened, so hopefully it gets changed up. We'll talk about that, though, in a little positive light uh, here in just a segment. First, got to tell you about BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, and get the latest odds and trends where every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they also have that at BetOnline as well. And they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more over at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, some news going on with some players. Once again, because like, like I told you yesterday, this is going to be a daily thing of having updates on particular players, whether they're staying, whether they're going, um, you know, what what their decisions are made. And there was a few players of note that uh, made their decision yesterday, or at least the last time that we were able to do the podcast. And uh, some of them are pretty significant. One of them being, and and it's not really a – a huge surprise by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, Ricky Stromberg uh, decided that he is going to uh, forego his final year at Arkansas and enter into the NFL draft. Now, again, it's not surprising because if you looked at some of the grades and some of the uh, things that were thrown the way of Ricky Stromberg and kind of what, you know, his uh, draft stock and everything kind of, made sense of why he wanted to move on and go to that next level. So he put out a statement though, via Twitter, it says, quote, I'd like to thank coach Sam Pittman, coach Cody Kennedy and coach Brad Davis, and many more for helping me get where I am today. They have poured so much into me as a player. And I wouldn't have had this opportunity without them to the fans of Arkansas. Thank you. You guys made the last four years unforgettable. And I will cherish every moment I've had here. But that being said, I've decided to declare for the 2023 NFL draft. Woo pig. So, Really uh, really going to miss Ricky. Ricky was a solid offensive lineman, a solid center, which again, center position, it gets not enough credit for how difficult of a position it is to play. And Ricky was one of the best uh, that you would have out there. He had a, an incredible run. He played. He started 44, 46 games he played in. Uh, he was the starting center of the last 25 games. He was second team All-SEC last year. And uh, he was uh, helped a team like Arkansas this year to be able to have a great year in rushing and also did not give up uh, many, many sacks. Seven quarterback hurries this year just on 873 snaps. So Arkansas will miss Ricky Stromberg. He's moving on to the NFL. Wish him nothing but the best of luck. Because, again, I think he's a phenomenal player. And I think he'll get drafted into the NFL. I don't know what round. I don't know if it's something like he'll be first round, third round, whatever it is. But he'll get drafted. And hopefully he ends up having a really nice career uh, in the NFL as well. Also some other player that is entering into the transfer portal. This one is someone that actually also started for the majority of the season. Reed Bauer, the Razorback punter. uh, He mentioned, mentioned on Twitter that he is excited to announce he'll be entering into the transfer portal as a grad transfer with one year of eligibility. He says, thank you Arkansas for some of the best years of my life. I will forever be a hog. So, He's from Texas and he was part of five seasons here at Arkansas. He had 179 punts for 7,500 yards. Uh, he averaged 42 punt, uh, yards per punt as a punter here at Arkansas. And in this year, 44.6 yards per punt, uh, which was was really good, but he didn't even see action until the 60th year. So people were wondering, okay, well, what in the world? How, how does this happen? Because he actually won the Pete Mortel Holder of the Year Award last year and, of course, had the fun, uh, fake punt or fake field goal toss to uh oh Blake Blake Kern against Alabama last year so a lot of people remember him for that. But people were wondering like why in the world he, he ended up starting in his final few games uh, as a razor back and if he has one year of eligibility left why wouldn't they not want to bring him back? Why would he want to leave? Well, let's think about it because you have a punter like Max Fletcher which I know people were kind of not very big on as a freshman when he started this year, and that's why Reed Bauer had to replace him. But he's a freshman, and you don't really need two punters on scholarship. Uh, At least you shouldn't need two punters on scholarship. So went ahead and said, okay, well, let's go with the younger guy and keep him on scholarship because we'll have more years out of him, and Reed Bauer is going to be moving on. And wish him nothing but the best of luck. Like It's one of those things that uh, I really, really liked seeing what he was able to do. I mean, as a punter sometimes – It's very underrated, and sometimes it doesn't get the attention and the respect that it deserves, but uh, he was pretty consistent and had a really good run at Arkansas. So wherever he ends up going, hopefully he continues on with that success, and hopefully for the sake of Arkansas that Max Fletcher ends up uh, having having a lot of success for Arkansas and getting better and better as time goes on as well. But as of right now, that's what we're looking at as far as players – Uh, that have been leaving, and real quick, according to hogsports.com, which they do a great job uh, of keeping up with the portal, so be sure to check him out, Danny West, good friend of mine, but he puts it up that some people that Arkansas is interested in that are in the portal right now, just to give everybody a quick update on that. Uh, Joshua Braun, who's an offensive lineman from Florida, he's going to be taking a visit uh, this weekend. He has offers for Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Penn State, a few of them. He uh, committed to Sam Pittman at Georgia, but then went to Florida when when he decided to, when Pittman decided to come to Arkansas. So he's into the mix. Arkansas is going to need offensive linemen. Andrew Armstrong, who's a 6'6 wide receiver from Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, he had a ton of offers, and he's somebody that, like, people are literally looking at, even though he went to a smaller school. They say he's got a lot of skill set. Jonathan McGill, the safety out of Stanford, uh, he's he's going to try to, I know Arkansas is really big on him, too, try to get him at that safety position. Arkansas needs a lot, desperately needs help at the safety position. We'll have to see what Jalen Catalan ends up doing. Jacoby Criswell is an interesting one. He's a he's a guy who's from Arkansas. He's at North Carolina. He's a quarterback. And uh, that's regardless of what KJ Jefferson decides to do. Like he may be coming in as a backup, but Arkansas only has one scholarship quarterback on the team, and that is KJ Jefferson. So they're trying to get him onto the onto the mix there, too. You got two defensive backs in Kawan Markham and Keon Markham from Arizona State. Uh, that's ones that uh, people are pretty interested in there as well at Arkansas. And then another wide receiver. Marlon Crockett, 6'4", freshman, redshirt freshman out of Memphis, uh, keeping an eye on him as well. So there's a few players into the mix. And again, uh, check out the big red transfer board on hogsports.com uh, as they uh, they put out some really good updates on everything for transfer portals and everything for what Arkansas is trying to do. So we'll see how it all plays out. We'll get into the final segment, why all of you need to keep the faith for Razorback football on the other side of the break here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, This one's going to be probably one that people may throw tomatoes at me because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to know about uh, the positivity right now. They just want to know. How's it going to be fixed? And they're angry and they're frustrated and all of that, which I get. I understand. I respect it. I'm not going to tell you. You shouldn't be upset. You shouldn't be frustrated because 100% it's, it's a thing. And I don't blame you at all. But that being said, I do believe in my hardest of hearts that there is reasons and are reasons to be, you know, hopeful. There are reasons to think that maybe, just maybe, Arkansas football is not in the dumps like a lot of you believe. Now, we mentioned how close they were in a lot of games. And close ain't going to cut it. I get it. Wins is the only thing that matters in the end. But they were close. They weren't embarrassed. They weren't getting shellacked by lesser teams. They put themselves in position to win most of their games, but just couldn't make the plays. And so I look at that as, you know, this is a team that – had a lot of talent and honestly should have won a lot more games but they never gave up they never got so down on themselves that they just didn't fight they fought as a team they did now if there's individuals that happened because I know some of them quit in the middle of the year that's one thing but they fought every single game they didn't give up and that's not the and you can't say the same about that for a lot of these different teams out there that had less than stellar seasons or disappointing seasons. And I think that there's going to be some changes made in the coaching staff. There already has been, and there'll be some movement because it happens every year. And I think that you're going to see some players, yeah, leave that you don't want to see leave, but there may be a lot of players that come in where you're like, wow, you know, if I can get another like Drew Sanders or Jaden Hazelwood, like man, yeah, man, that'll or Jordan Dominic, guys like that, like that'd be huge. So or Dwight McLaughlin, can't forget him. But overall, there are reasons to be hopeful. Next year's schedule. Is much easier, for one. I uh, you, you know it. It's not to say that it's easy. It's easier. Your non-conference is extremely easy compared to what it was this past year because your toughest game will be BYU, but you get them at home. You play all those games at home, and at least the game in Little Rock to open up the season. So your non-conference is much better. Your conference schedule itself, yeah, you don't get those big home games against Bama, LSU, and Ole Miss. Those are all going to be road games. But you get Mississippi State and Auburn at home next year, which hopefully uh, will be winnable games for you. And Missouri can't forget that, which should be winnable there. You go to Florida in November, which is weird, but Florida didn't look all that impressive this year. They had some pretty big issues, so I'm not saying the Arkansas will for sure win that game. We'll see what the teams look like, but it's not like you're playing Georgia, or <laughs> you know, it's not like there's this impossible team that you just feel like you have no chance against. Florida, we'll see what they look like, but they could be a beatable team too. So your schedule is a little bit easier next year. You're you're, you're going to see, hopefully, with KJ coming back, hopefully with Rocky coming back. You know, you'll still have some really good pieces part of the team that are coming back. Um, you know, the offensive line is going to need work. You're going to have some defensive lineman leave, but I think the defensive line was actually much so much more improved this year than one was a year before. So I really When we'll get in, we'll do all the recaps, but shout out to Deke Adams. I think he did a really good job with the D line this year. Um, You're going to miss out. Bumper's gone. I think Drew Sanders, I assume he's going to leave. He hasn't announced anything officially, but I assume he will. But you got guys like, you know, Chris Poo Paul who played at linebacker who had just, you know, he's, he does awesome tweets. Like yesterday, he tweeted out, he's like, I was recruited here for one reason. One reason only to help bring a national championship to Arkansas. I will never yield. I'm like, dude, okay. I love you. (laughs) Like, thank you for that. So you'll have some good pieces coming back and you'll get some good pieces out of the portal, I believe. But with the schedule, with the, the personnel, the players, and again, we'll see what the coaching staff looks like. There's reasons to be hopeful. Cause just think if, if Arkansas fixes those problems of not being able to win those close games next year, if they're just able to figure it out next year, like who's to say that they can't have an, an incredible year. I mean, we're talking 10 and two. I don't know, but They can bounce back. They can be better next year. Much better. Much more improved. I believe it. I think they can. Now, they got to execute it. They got to do their thing. They got to be the ones that go out there and get it done. But at the end of the day, I believe in Sam Pittman. I'm I'm giving him the shot. I know some people are done with him. I'm not. I think Sam Pittman is a a first-time head coach at Arkansas. There's been some learning curves he's had to go through. There's no question. And I think that with the majority of those learning curves, he's learned from them and gotten better from them. I think that, uh, you know, there were some mistakes made by the coaching staff this year. I know we've talked about them, but overall, I think that Sam Pittman has done right by Arkansas because he has a high expectation. He knows what it takes to to look at a successful team and what it is in the SEC. And so as long as he can just continue to grow and become a better coach and learn from mistakes, I think it will be great. Arkansas next year is not going to be an embarrassment. I don't think, understand, Pittman, there will ever be an embarrassment. But I have faith that there's going to be a light at the end of that tunnel. Like right now, people are upset and frustrated, but I think there's reasons to be happy and excited, or at least encouraged. I think that there's reasons to believe that with Sam Pittman at the helm, Arkansas can turn this whole thing around and be a better, much better team next year. I believe that. Maybe I'm the (laughs) ever-optimist. Maybe I'm over the top. Maybe I'm just a a silver linings guy. And that's fine. Like, I'll take it because it's kind of my personality in every walk of life that I have. But I think it'll be better. I really do. I think people will see that next year. And I think Sam Pittman will see what happened this year. And he said, you know, not going to let it happen again. But basketball season's here, which is really exciting. Baseball season will be fun, too. It always is with Dave Van Horn. And then football, spring practice, we'll see how that goes, too, and and, and everything. But there's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of mystery behind it, and I get it. But I can't wait. I'm going to hype myself up. I'm going to start going into summer camps and fall camps and SEC media days and all that, thinking that Arkansas is going to be even better. And I don't care what anybody says because I know a lot of people have been getting after me because I picked Arkansas to go 10 and 2 last year, this past season. And now they're like, oh yeah, look at this. What do you say to that? I'm like, hey, you know what? You know what? 10 and 2 was closer than what people want to admit. Yeah, I know they went six and six. It was like four, four games difference there. But I'm just saying that like 10 and 2 was not impossible. This team should have gone nine and three, 10 and 2. So it wasn't, it wasn't out of the realm. It wasn't so absurd. Because, honestly, the only team that Arkansas played on the schedule this year that was bona fide better than them was Bama and LSU. And, honestly, I think that LSU, Arkansas could have beaten, should have won that game anyways. Mississippi State, you know, it's a road game. It's always tough. But I'm just saying that it was there. The pathway to 10 wins was there, and they just didn't execute. But, hey, there's always next year, right? Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.